Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right. The Graveyard Riddle, Chapter 17. (laughs) And Mrs. Chambers almost just whooped Mr. Jenkins. She almost spanked him, but she didn't. Chapter 17, page 119. I went straight from school to the plague house, so I couldn't wait to tell Hal that I'd solved the riddle and talked to him about what the right what the answer might be for the case. But he wasn't there. The pebble was on the windowsill, and his things were in the corner of the room, but Hal was nowhere to be seen. I walked over to where Hal, Hal's things were. Yeah, maybe. The plastic bag that I'd brought yesterday now had empty tubs and wrappers put neatly inside of it. His rucksack had been wide open, and I glanced around, and then I took a look. His red woolly cardigan was folded up on the top, and I reached my hand in and moved it to one side. I could see a small white envelope, some pencils, a notepad, and the broken communication device. I carefully pulled it out by the strap, and the screen was blank. It had a tiny crack across the middle, and it looked just like an old-fashioned digital watch to me. But that was probably intentional. I, I guess that if it was too flashy or too expensive looking, it would, it would attract attention. I tapped on the face and gently pressed a couple of buttons on the sides. Nothing happened. It was completely dead. I was just turning it over to look at the back when Hal walked in. What are you doing, he said. He hurried over to the over and zipped up his rucksack and then he saw that I had I still had the watch in my hand you mustn't touch that he said I held it out and I held it out and he snatched it for me sorry I was just seeing if I could get it to work do you want me to take it to the jewelers in town they might be able to help he put it back on his wrist no he said firmly this watch stays with me okay I said he, he I don't know I was only offering hey guess what I saw guess what I solved the riddle Really, he said, brightening up. Yeah, the answer is a mirror. If you use it widely, you can see your reflection, but if you turn around and then you can't see yourself, you're nobody. He smiled back. A mirror. I would have never figured that one out. That's brilliant. Well done, Melody Bird. I relaxed a little. Hal was right. I shouldn't have been snooping through his things. We were a team now. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you think a mirror means, I said. What does it have to do with the case? Hal chewed the bottom of his lip. I'm not sure, he admitted, but it looks like it looks like just the start. It was the grave it was the grave just wait, I was at the grave just now and found this. He took a square piece of paper out of his pocket of Jake's hoodie. It looked like an identical to the first, another riddle. He handed it to me and I opened it and it read, When you need me, throw me away. When you're finished with me, take me in. When you, when you need me, throw me away. When you're finished with me, take me in. I wrinkled my nose. That was a tough one. Why would you throw something away when you, when you needed it? And It doesn't make any sense, I said. I know, it's very clever. They're very clever, this gang, said Hal. And, and fast. 
They managed to cluck the other note without seeing. Mm, take me in. Throw. I don't know. I. Yeah, maybe. I thought really hard about the riddle. I pictured myself using something, throwing away a boomerang. No, they didn't. That didn't fit with the second line. This is so frustrating. I said. I know Matthew would probably solve this in seconds. Oh, Matthew's kind of like Max Ernest. He can. He's like smart, huh? She said, if Matthew were here, he could figure this out in seconds. Mm-hmm. Because they're all being grumpy weirdos, and they can't know about it anyways. Mm-hmm. Hal looked alarmed. No, you can't tell Matthew, he said. I won't, I reassured him. I'm just saying he's got one of those brains that can work out puzzles really quickly. That's all. I looked back at the piece of paper. There's something about these messages that I don't understand, I said. Why are they writing notes to each other in code? Why aren't they just, like, text or phoning each other? Hal smiled. You know that saying about something being right under your nose or in hidden, hidden in plain sight? Sometimes simple ideas are the ones that are most overlooked. We can trace a phone call or a text message from miles away. I thought about it when I first met Hal and thought he looked nothing like a spy. Hal said that he was that this was on purpose and that he'd the last person you'd expect. It's a bit like a bluff and a magic trick, said Hal. You know, when the magician leads you to think that the trick has gone wrong when he actually doesn't know where your card is, and then bam, they turn over a playing card that you weren't even watching, and that's your card. That's a magician's moment when it's totally unexpected. Makes sense, I said. The investigation is going well, Melody, he said. At the moment, Martin Stone doesn't realize that we've found the messages. Oh, thanks, Peyton. And that we're a step ahead. He sat down by the window and stared out towards the cemetery. I'm pretty certain that these messages are being left for someone, for some, for an unknown accomplice to lead them to the hiding place of the Kingfisher necklace. If we can piece them together and find out where it's hidden, then we can make our move. It all sounded so exciting. Shall I put the note back now? I said, in case if the accomplice turns up. He stood up. No, it's too dangerous, he said. You're risking enough by helping me. I'll take it back. Hang on, I said. Take a photo. I'll take a photo, I said. I took my cell out and my phone took a quiet picture. And then I handed the note back to him. And he looked, how? Uh, to hell. He looked at me wide-eyed. I stared back. What is it? I said. Have I done something wrong? He shook his head. No, it's fine, he said. I'll come back later with Frankie and bring you some food, I said. Hal has smiled. Thanks, Melody Bird. He, she doesn't know. He took a picture and he looked like... <gasps> Hal smiled. Thanks, Melody Bird. You're brilliant, he said. Maybe it's because he's never seen something like that. Maybe. I smiled back at him. Being on a team felt really good. I thought about the riddle all my whole walk home. When you need me, throw me away. When you're finished with me, take me in. I came out of the alley into my road. What does it mean? Peyton, if you're right with laundry, I'm going to be shocked. That's going to be really cool. Hello, Melody. It was Matthew's dad, Brian. He was standing in the driveway, resting his elbow on the roof of the car. The front door was wide open. It has to be, because when, because when you need her, the clothes, when you need clothes, you put it on the laundry hamper thingy outside. Uh-huh. And then when you don't need it, you bring it in. Mm, that's opposite. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Hello, Melody. Oh, hey there. Hi, Brian. I said I walked over. Just waiting for Matthew as usual, said Brian. 
It was time for Matthew's appointment with Dr. Rhodes, which had happened every Monday. His off- her office was in town. We're sorry to see that you and your mum are moving, Brian said, nothing towards, nodding towards the for sale sign outside our house. We're not moving now, I said. Mum is going to get that sign taken down. Brian gave me a slow nod. I see, he said gently. I haven't seen you over here lately, he added. Everything all right with you and Matthew? I wanted to say, actually, it wasn't because of Matthew, clearly. It was because Matthew clearly preferred the company of Jake now, and was and it was very hurtful, but I didn't. Everything's fine, I said. Brian looked at his watch, oh, sorry, and bellowed toward the door. Hurry up, Matthew. Ah, <laughs> Peyton's tickling my foot. And he looked back at me. I don't want to be late for my trivia game tonight later. Brian was was the captain of trivia quiz called Okay, that's that's good. Thank you for tickling my feet though. <laughs> called Brian's Brains and they traveled around the country taking part in competitions. I suddenly had an idea. Do you know much about riddles, Brian? I said. He perked up a bit. Hmm, they're not really in my area of expertise, he said, but try me. I'm always happy to give it a go. He rubbed his hands together. Okay. Well, it goes like this. I said, I cleared my throat. When you use me, throw me away. When you're finished with me, take me in. Brian's forehead creased and his eyes shut. He looked like he'd just gone into some kind of a trance. It must have been his thinking face. A few times he opened his mouth and as though he was about to say something, but then closed in again and he shook his head. It seemed to have stumped him as well. Matthew came out and banged on the door, banged the door shut behind him. At last, said Brian, driving, opening the driver's door. Come on, son, we're going to be late. Brian climbed into the car as Matthew walked around. Matthew looked worried, I thought. Hi, Matthew, are you okay? He said. He slowly nodded. Dr. Rhodes is going to be going to do more practical stuff with me this week, he said. I knew what that meant. Matthew had told me about this in the past. Dr. Rhodes would take would take things that Matthew was scared of, like a bin lid or the bottom of his shoe, that he had to be brave as possible and touch them and try not to immediately wash his hands. It was called process of exposure and response therapy. His whole body looked stiffed with fear. He used to cuff off his shirt and open the door. Even though he'd gone been ignoring me lately, my heart ached to see him like that. He looked utterly terrified. You should be okay, Matthew, I said. You're doing brilliantly. Look how far you've come. He gave me a weak smile, and then he got into the inn and closed the car door. Brian began to reverse his car out of the driveway around the long sidewalk toward, towards, along the sidewalk towards home. He pulled alongside me and his window down. Melody, I've got it. The answer to your riddle. It's an anchor. Like of a boat. Yep. He grinned at me, then drove off the road. An anchor, of course. You throw an anchor overboard when you don't when you need to use it, and you bring it back up to the ship when you don't need it anymore. It was a genius riddle. I couldn't wait to tell how. Aw, see, it does take help if somebody if you just ask somebody for help. It you get it. Cute. Teamwork is a dreamwork. Teamwork is a dreamwork. Who taught you that? Me. No. Who taught you that? Molly. Really? Yeah. No. Yes. Molly, your sister Molly taught you teamwork is the dream work. Yes. When? When she was here. You got to tell me things like that. That's so cool. I love that. Okay, next chapter.